Beatniks, bum trips, bullshit. This is The Librarian's Notebook, an afternoon with Nancy B. Davis, librarian in training. We shuffle, arrange, donate, categorize books, and then have tea. Deep. Zinsky's fire. Is that bullshit enough? We are deep in the pace of Stravinsky's Firebird now. This afternoon, Nancy and I briskly processed 345 books while Nancy cleared the stale for sale shelves. She dusted the shelves and they had a sheen on them, like llama or lamaze or a word I will learn soon. The sheen was a throne or a saddle for 64 books for sale that Nancy arranged on the shelf in what I would describe as a category sliding geometric arrangement. The shelf have rhythm, now with some rows filled and others with a book at horizontal and another shelf in the corner with horizontal oversize going up in a stack with titles for sale as the sex researchers, basic crafts, journey across unions, journey into Russia, don't throw it away. If you listen, come back. Nicholas Sparks, if you listen, come back. The upstarts, the betrayal of America, the birth of classical Europe, the engagement of love and work. Murphy's Trail, this old drought ain't broke us yet. Librarian's notebook. Today, Nancy trains. I left for a half an hour to donate upwards of 222 books that we had neatly arranged in boxes. Nancy now was a temporary librarian. She was serious and took it serious. After seeing if the stories make her alive, after seeing if the stories sound anything like horn players of the excellent jazz musicians or something like the soul singers that would play on boom boxes that walked the hallways on girls' shoulders when she was in junior high and was beginning to connect her ears to her heart and open up the emotions that she has ridden all the way to God and back several times, so much so that she gets it almost every time when, and that's what she's looking for. And those- Nancy and I had tea time. And recorded a conversation. The conversation was recorded and Nancy lays it out how she has communicated with her soul and her heart. And she has felt the communication through humanity. And she takes us from playing guitar in country bands in L.A. All the way to the hills and glories of God coming through cassette tapes playing jazz. Just don't call it smooth jazz. And shelved three shelves of books completely ordered. So she's well underway. We know somewhat that she's been to probably Los Angeles in the height of one of its apexes, the late 80s. Yes, in uh, Glendale in 1987. With a guitar? With my guitar. Back then I was playing country western gigs at different neighborhood bars. Yeah. And singing they, murder ballads. Oh, I, I was singing like Reba McIntyre, Patsy Cline, you know, 80s, uh, Zars, 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 the 80s, yeah. but the 87 earthquake was pretty big. It was, I think it was seven on the Richter scale. San Andreas Fault made it all the way up here. And I decided to just 
get rid of all my things except what I could fit in my car in the little trailer that I attached to the back of my car and I drove back to Sacramento. Like a proper wagon. Like yeah. a proper covered wagon. I just California <laughs> Explorer. Yeah, I just drove back to Sacramento, which is where I was born. And I stayed with my parents for a while at their beautiful home in the Southland Park Hills of Sacramento. Did you bring all the bells and whistles, including the synthesizers that backed up your bar gigs? Because <laughs> you I know, imagine my country gig, music in the late 80s my had some, gig, had some was, synthesizers going on. Well, no, but my gig, I had my guitar. Just me and my guitar. I played all my songs. Would you wear jeans or dresses? I wore... Hats like, or mascara? I wore sequins. Fuck yeah. I had big hair. I had eyeliner. The whole thing. I got some pictures of me that are pretty awesome of me back in the 80s with my hair and my, uh, I had some customized outfit. One was purple lame. You know the color of that, of that librarian box, that magenta library box? Yes, when we were first starting off, there's the librarians use only boxes and inside is where you have the stamps and the, uh, well, I guess the most important thing we got is stamps, the date stamps. And it's wrapped with a, like a glistening packaging, and Nancy B. Davis commented on the co color, and because I never thought about the color. My outfit, I had custom made by this wonderful seamstress in Houston, Texas. She sewed me this pantsuit outfit, which was the color. The, it was purple lame, or magenta lame, which is that sparkly, crispy kind of fabric. Lame is a color or it's the, That's the iridescent fabric. type yeah, of Yeah, it's look. the type of fabric. It's the type of fabric that looks like the rump of a dragonfly or <laughs> like the perfect, if you are, not if you're looking at a glazed donut sober, but if you're drunk looking at a glazed donut at the end of a night, it might have a lame <laughs> look to it. Like there's yeah. a sheen. Yes, there's a, a sheen. Bit of there's a, definitely a sheen. Light hits it. It's something that's appropriate for different stage performers, lame, because it light reflects off of it. How does it feel when you're stepping into the lame for the evening? I loved it. I loved it. I had, she made me a pink jumpsuit. This was a different one. It was just pastel pink, but it had rhinestones sewed onto it around the collar and stuff. And uh, I thought it was great, her outfits she made. She made me another one that was fake suede and then she cut fringe and on the fringe was beads so it was like an Indian type outfit. And uh, I mean a, a cowgirl outfit or something. I love fringe. So, I love fringe. Even yeah. cowgirls get the blues. That was one of my songs. Uh, that's actually recorded by Emmy Lou Harris. And I used to sing that in my act in the 80s. I can't remember it now, but that's a song. Yeah. That I used to sing. <laughs> Super cool. Now I'm strictly jazz. You moved to jazz. I moved to jazz. Did I that just... happen up in the Northern California when you're amongst the Redwoods up there at the top, almost towards Oregon? You're along the coast bringing I all was... that cold air? In no, something? I actually switched to jazz when I was living in Auburn, which is in the gold country in the foothills. got tanker trucks and El Camino's coming by, so I'm yeah. hyping up this recorder. 
so how yeah. did jazz emerge for you? Jazz is just, uh, it's a natural thing because when I was a child growing up, some of it was played in my home. So I always had those tunes in my head. I always knew how to sing them. And then I went through all these other phases, my country phase, and then I went into a bluegrass folk phase in the early 2000s. And then, I don't know, I've just always, even when I was doing country in the 80s, I was listening to jazz in my car on cassettes. They had cassettes back then in yeah. cars. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of these, so. a lot of these field recordings have had cassettes involved. Yeah. But he has a, his Walkman that he hooks up to his portable speaker, and then he has an assortment of cassettes, like in mixtapes, that he's flipping in and out and passing back and forth. And yeah. One of our first recordings of this was... Uh, uh, he lived up on top of the mountain and the mm. radio signal still reached there and they were playing some hard jazz, hard jazz. And that was like kind of the catalyst that just kind of got it going mm-hmm. of just the, um, uh, kind of this pinball connecting, connecting different points of sound and rhythm and trying to hook those together and then having a through line of it just being one song. Jazz is just so beautiful. I wish I could just share with the world what can be felt and enjoyed and just so pleasurable when you hear good jazz. I wish I could just tell the world. That's what I'm trying to do, and the best I can do is say that it's like a pinball machine that you're inside of. Okay, And yeah. it's, I don't quite, you know, it's like, I mean, kind of. It's kind of that. I've been to New Orleans. I know what New Orleans feels like. Yeah, there's many kinds of jazz, and I think people really need to be given some specific cuts off of albums and say, listen to this cut, listen to this cut, because some of it is a bit frenetic, and I don't. it's not for me. I don't care for it. Everyone has their own taste. I don't like it when the horns and things get real frenetic. What is frenetic then? It's frenetic like is like. <laughs> She's like, yeah. It's it, it's not good. To me, yeah. it's not good. In that sound description, Nancy's <laughs> hair uh, lifted off. It was as if she was in a eighties <laughs> hair metal band. Just for an instant, it crossed over. As an example yeah. of what frenetic is, it's when the strands lift up. Off try the side. try some Stan Getz. Try some Joe Beam. Try some uh, Wayne Shorter, and and when you get say if you get a Wayne Shorter album, listen to each cut, and if it's frenetic, skip to the next cut, and find one that encapsulates a beautiful feeling for you, and then you'll know why jazz is great. So you're getting, you're getting feelings. You're having, and feelings are the are emotions. Or is it more like you have a sense of a color coming it's, into it's you? Like, like it's like a sensation? It makes a human feel human when you hear good music. And for it can it be... It makes a, a human feel human. Feel human. It makes a human when often we human. don't. What do we often feel like? Robots? Robots are just depressed. Just angry, what I call angry. Fear, uh, immersed in fear, anger, depression, worry. Those things are robbing us of our humanity. Our humanity is to feel embraced by love, light, God, if you want to call it that, or trees, or peace, 
uh, bliss. That's yeah. that's human. So you could get some bliss from a cassette tape while driving through <laughs> LA traffic. Oh, I I would say the bliss in my life, for the most part, has involved listening to beautiful music and and letting the beauty of that take me over. If nothing else, I can live the rest of my life letting myself feel good by the great music that I hear. And I try to create it as well. But even if I don't create my dream, I can still hear it and feel great that. when I hear it. I can, even if I can't create my dream, I can still hear it and feel great when I hear it. Absolutely. Wayne Shorter, Miles Davis, Dexter Gordon. Um, there's so much misunderstood snobbery about jazz. But what you're describing is these like emotional catalysts. It's like they mm -hmm. inject this liberation yeah. type of sensation and very human being like these ecstatic rolling hills sound alive with music type of sensation. Yeah, I mean if you if you just stop and fully listen to any music you love, whether it be jazz or other, it, it will renew you. It will renew your soul. It will connect you with nature, with Mother Earth, with God, if you choose to look at that. It's just, uh, I mean, ever since I was little, it started with me, of course, at home, but then when I got in like junior high and stuff, the kids that I went to school with would bring these great big boombox things and carry them around the hall and they would be playing The Temptations, Aretha Franklin. And when I would hear those vocalists like Aretha or, or um, some of the other great soul vocal groups of that time, which was around the 70s, I guess, they would, they would sing. And it would just be this feeling that I know what a hum humanity is now because the way their voices sound. It's just, I know what humanity is now because they have that soul in their voice. And it's, I, mean, I have a really hard time. I have a, a, a brief emotional range and I have a, I don't fully have a grasp of soul. Like there's something in me that I, under, I hear what you're saying, and I get it in theory, but I don't have the practical sensation of feeling it become in my body. Hmm. I, and that's why I'm especially fan, fascinated in, in, like, just dig what you're saying about being in junior high and the kids with their boom boxes going down the halls and you're hearing soul music and singers and their ability to sing and connect their soul to you through the sound. Absolutely. And I see the process as you're listening to it and it's filling you probably in your cells, definitely in your ear chambers, and then probably transitioning through some sort of emotional cascade of events into your blood and then kind of animating you and your personality and your yeah. choices. Yeah, really. Defined my whole life into like wanting to play music and stuff because of those things I heard. But you're saying that in soul, did it connect with you? Is there other types of music that connect with you that way, yourself? My emotional range is rather, is rather blunt and it's just either I guess like sad or excited like it doesn't have all the fine tune parts and I'm trying to get to the point 
where I can hear the fine tune, I can get into it and get into the intricacies so I know what to listen for. I, I don't know, about a year ago, my girlfriend was like, you don't have an emotional range. She was just pointing out and I was like, what are you talking about? And then through self-reflective and that, I was like, oh, I, I don't have an emotional range. And so I've been attempting to make a Dewey, we're here at the library and it's run with the Dewey Decimal System. Mm -hmm. And I've been attempting to make a Dewey Decimal System of the emotions and the human experience so wow. that I can go through and kind of recognize what it is and just sort of begin to be integrating that uh, that into myself wow. but you're here yeah. and it's an open it's an open circuit for you because you hear it and then you're able to put it back and it's kind of esoteric but i was just kind of pushing further to figure out how it transitions like i understand hearing music but you just you hear the emotion in the music you hear the soul and then so you can just i think i listen it. with my heart okay that's not what i'm doing okay well if you don't have a lot of emotions, yeah. then you might be unable to feel with your heart. Yeah. Our heart is our human center. And in fact, right up here in Boulder Creek, there's a place called Heart Math Institute. Heart Math Institute. Have you heard of it? I've heard of the Heart Math Institute. It's an excellent organization. They teach people how to center with their heart and use uh, the sense of their heart in order to be at peace, in order to calm them when they feel stressed or uh, worried. Um, it's at the Heart Math Institute, they approximately have a Richter scale apparatus or a lie detector, uh, since a lie detector type of machine, a thing that can measure electrical impulses, variations. Oh, so you know about it. And they attach it to your heart and then they can measure just the differences of and then of, of when you are feeling a certain sensation and then you can start to train into yeah they have some entrainment tools they have some things that they sell on their website and it has to do with getting your heart rate evened out because what causes stress is when your heart is beating erratically and when you're nervous frantic. or scared frantic. yeah uh frenetic frenetic <laughs> as in jazz music that i don't like <laughs> so um yes our hearts are beating irregularly and they're kind of speeding up and slowing down and jumping all around when we're nervous or scared or feeling worried but their their training program is to teach people to even and you, and they show it on waves so the waves are like this when you're at peace they get this like sinusoidal graph coming from yes. their instruments attached so to the heart. waves are nice and even when you a get smooth, in touch with your heart a smooth and you conductor. stay what they call heart centered and they recommend something as simple as when you're stressed out imagine petting your dog or literally pet your dog if your dog is there in this description um, nancy has been moving her hand as if a wave a person conducting a gentle sea mm -hmm. and i was thinking of what does this look like and it is like you were petting your it's a pet graph. ocean and then when your heart rate is very erratic uneven it's like <laughs> with all kinds of zigzaggy 
things going way, you know, the graph will go way up into a sharp point and then down and be all, you know. And that's nervousness, worry, fear, listening to news causes that. <laughs> uh, I assume that our hearts always were at a steady pace. No. They're not. No, they're <laughs> impacted by what we're doing and what we're thinking. So they will say things like, imagine hugging a friend, imagine petting your cat or dog, imagine the time your mother gave you apple pie and it was delicious. I mean, anything, those are just simple, basic heart things. You know, a wonderful smell of some favorite food, a, ch a cherished pet, hugging your best friend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife if you love them. Just simple, basic human things can get you back into your heart center and bring you some inner peace. If I'm on the path to getting into smooth jazz, I could backwards engineer that mm. from smelling apple pie or petting a shih tzu dog, <laughs> acknowledge what that sensation is, connect it to what it's doing in my heart, recognize that you are affected in your heart and continue that opening i don't know if i could jump right into smooth jazz but i don't say smooth jazz i mean what kind of music do you like that's what i was trying to get at earlier i like that i mean when i like jazz i like that frantic frenzied jazz oh like you do well see jazz stuff okay so you're but not do you think, think that's just an like a things resonating with things. I have like a nervous, antsy person. So maybe like, oh, that's yeah, I'm just cool like for you. matching up with my heart. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that, me, then listen like, to that. They're that's like doing the like. polka dot connect all four of the universe is what I hear that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you got to either just rolling the dice in the cosmos and it's just like this dot connects to this dot connects to this dot and then you stream it together and you got a constellation that just now moves to the next song and then you can maybe snap along to it but the whole time you just can pumped up, interjected with I don't know. Well, Speed anything that you like, you should listen to. See, just because I don't like what I call frenetic doesn't mean that other people don't. Obviously, they do or wouldn't have so many recordings yeah, out I'm, there I'm, of I'm, it. I'm not knocking it, but I want to be an explorer, a cosmonaut of, of smooth jazz. <laughs> I, want to, I want to... I hate the term... All musicians hate the term smooth jazz. I'll just tell you that right off the top. Because that reeks of Kenny G, which everyone abhors, who's an actual musician. Do they? Oh, absolutely. What's wrong with Kenny G? Though, oh, my right? God. I can't stand Kenny G. It's like elevator music. But don't you just want that backing synth pad? I, I don't care for it. You know, when... It's like a listen wash to Stan just like the ohm. Listen to Stan Getz. It's I'm Kenny just telling G. You. No, listen to Stan <laughs> Getz. Listen to some great sax player. No, 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 no. I, I'm just... I. All Stan Getz is where it's at? Well, there's different there's all uh, sorts horn of players. And there's some that they have so much nuance and beauty in the tonality that comes oh, out of their horn. Yes. And that's what yes. you want to look, the listen nuance, for. The tonality. Yeah, it, it, it just hooks up. And, and it's like an orgasm, only maybe better. I, I can't even explain it. Between your, between your ears, I, like it's in just, your just, head. It's just, a, it's just a feeling of being blissed out without like the drugs. The sun coming from inside of you. Like the sun coming from inside of you, and just all at once thinking of 
all the beautiful art that's ever been painted and okay. all the okay. all the beautiful music, all the great feelings between two people who were in love. It's very romantic music. We've got hear, a couple aisles of that in the library here. We have you hear some great horn players. We don't have a romance section, but we do have many novels, and that centers around that interplay between people. When you hear great horn players, they're bringing you through this. They just, it just takes me to another stratosphere. Yeah. Where, yeah. where it just, it creates peace. It's, 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 it's from God. I mean, one horn player, John Coltrane, who's one of the most famous ever, uh, actually went through a religious phase and wrote a whole album based on his connection to God. It was called A Love Supreme. A Love Supreme. Yeah. So to me, a lot of music to me is from what I call from God. Coltrane is my intro into this. We've got one of these episodes where we get into giant steps. Well, Coltrane is a great place for you to listen to music. And to me, those great musicians, if anyone called them smooth jazz, they would roll over in their graves. Because oh. to me, that's not what they are. Kenny G, that's not what they are. John yeah. Coltrane, Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, um, Wayne Shorter, Stan Getz. I mean, these people, to me, the music is timeless. And it's not... Just because it was recorded in the 60s or the 50s or whenever doesn't make it old and doesn't make it outdated. It's completely, it, it's timeless. It, That's the best. It's, timeless. It won't ever be outdated. It's, it's the coolest of all cool. It pierces through like contemporary culture because yeah. it is existing outside of, well, it's existing outside of what people are doing at the time. Yeah. Well, there's always some people doing jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not what you hear on, you know, most of the, you know, well, you're not, not going to get it as the top jazz. Pick. What is it called? Let's riff on the names because the potentiality of what's coming through of it being the art history section, it being the romance section, of it opening up like a light from inside of yourself, so and ultimately connecting all the way to the top of the sky and the freaking center of the earth like it means that it's and then it being just a sonic wave that you can tune into with your heart and allow yourself to transport to these places it could be transcendental jazz it could be well they all a lot of them have names already there's west coast jazz which had a certain sound to it there's modal jazz which is one of my favorites there's uh, bebop which had a certain sensibility and, and sound and chord progression to it. Um, it's, it's good if you want to learn about it to go ahead and research on your computer online and you'll, you'll be able to find a site maybe. And your transition have. ultimately to jazz happened from your ears but really your heart. I think so. The sensations running through you and it connected Yeah, during the great jazz vocalists like Carmen McRae, even Peggy Lee, who was sort of popular but also had this beautiful, uh, soft voice. Um, just a lot of great jazz singers um, that, again, had that 
that nuance and that richness in their voice that was very. Hey, doggie. Hey, creature. Oh, what a sweet puppy. You don't need to go to the library. He wants to read. The vocalist, a lot of the great jazz vocalists have like that wonderful nuance that also the jazz horn players have. This, this vocal, the human voice, and the horn players have this wonderful thing that I was trying to describe about what, what's good about jazz. It's, yeah, it's the nuance, and that's why I haven't gotten it yet. That's why I'm not hip to it, is because just because you hear something doesn't mean you hear it. Just because you see a picture doesn't mean you looked into the picture. True. And if something gets richer through its nuance, then that is where it, uh, is what I need to explore. Well, I feel freaking liberated. I feel good. I, I feel like I got a nice diving board to uh, <laughs> jump into my heart a bit more. Well, good. Well, and then easy. don't even get started about your soul because that's a whole other thing than your heart, which is extremely great. You've got a soul. You've got a heart. You've got many, many useful resources in your circuitry that connect up to your heart, which is a physical thing, and your soul, which is much less physical than your heart. Okay, yeah, I need to integrate that because the heart is not a metaphor in this. It is your physical heart yes. that is listening. Yes, you feel with your heart, believe me. That is where your emotions That's why you cry. Carried. Sometimes you cry when you're happy. Your, your heart is just flooded with a feeling and you cry. Like maybe you cry because you finally got something you wanted and you mm -hmm. never thought you'd get it and now you have it. And it's so great that it brings tears to your eyes. Yeah. That's, that's your heart. If you let your heart just be free. Have you, have you found ways to free a heart? What did you say? Have you found ways to free a heart? To, to let your heart be free. Did I say that? Let your heart be free. <laughs> Is that just one of your old country songs? No. No, I, I, no. I, I don't know. I, I just think that fear is the thing that takes Boom. away people's Boom. lives and fear shuts the feelings out of your heart so that you can't love. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. as as long as you as long as you shun fear when it rears its ugly head all that's left is heart yeah and without fear you are free as long as you shun fear fear is is the thing that clamps down your heart makes you scared makes you imagine bad things tells you don't do that it might be dangerous don't you know, don't be nice to that person they might be insulted, you know, it just shuts down all the beauty that humans can have. And right now, people are more fearful than ever because of COVID and because of everything that's happening and all these fires and all these deaths and horrible things. And so it's understandable that people have fear. But this is the time you need most to, to not have it because it'll only make everything worse. Because once you get in that fear spiral, then it almost makes more bad things happen. Wow. And, and it'll, it'll actually create more disasters, either natural or otherwise, because 
the fear just claps down the intelligence and the genius that we all have. And we need so much genius right now to um, manage the world around us. We need to manage forests in order to prevent fires. We need to manage cities that are near uh, towns that are going to be subject to sea level rises. We need brain power. Yeah, we need to be we need to be on it. You we need to be on be, top of the job and creating jobs that it. will be solutions to these problems. We have so many problems right now. It's the perfect time to it's enlist. It's a perfect time for a boombox. It's a perfect time to to start for anybody who wants to start something that can help solve a problem because there's so many problems right now. There's a lot of problems. We don't like problems. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect time for a boom box? Okay, I didn't get that one. A, a boom box hoisted up on the shoulders playing West Coast jazz or soul music. <laughs> I, in the, it's a perfect time to be opening hearts. It's a perfect time Absolutely. to be uh, letting go of fear and opening hearts and allowing inspiration to, uh, to permeate. There you go. That's a beautiful statement. Couldn't agree more. Open up the heart and the heart will say, hey, we see people suffering over there. Let's figure out this new agency, this new non-profit organization that can address the suffering of those people and alleviate that suffering. We need to help those people. We need to, you know, redesign these things that are broken that aren't serving us anymore, you know, and, and make our, our culture be about dealing with, to me, with climate change as one big, gigantic, huge thing. Yeah. Climate change has caused these fires. It has caused, you know, the starting with Katrina and then escalating from there with more and more of these hurricanes and floods and people on their roofs going help help it, and it's sad and it's it's um and yet it's this huge opportunity because everybody can help now everybody's needed nobody's worthless There's, everybody can help everybody can help everybody can I, I don't care if you're a janitor or a McDonald's worker if you have an idea to start something that can help solve a problem in your community, you can do that. You can fucking do that. And people won't say, oh, no, no, we don't want that. Because right now, they're hurting so much, they'll take it. From a McDonald's worker, from a janitor, they don't care what color you are, what age you are, what, what um, you know, whether you're a you know, 600-pound person. If you have a good idea to help people, and meet their needs, then do it. Nobody's gonna turn you away. Whether it's a nonprofit or you're starting a small company and you're gonna hire people to, three people to work with you to go around and fill the propane in people's propane tanks during power failures. I mean, look at, mm. I mean, in these power failures, people just um, were like, you know, if they didn't have a generator, they're, you know, they're suffering. A few yeah. people have generators. Some people have generators that don't work very good. Some people have really expensive high-end generators that work great. Yeah. But that's a huge need. Everybody should have a generator now because these power failures are going to get worse and worse and they're going to keep happening. They're not going to stop. 
It's yeah, sad. The storms are going to get more and more. Oh, my God. You know, the climate change is, is obviously going to keep happening. We can't stop it. So, so we have to meet the needs that are caused by it. Of what of where people are coming from. Yeah, we have to be able to be happy during climate disasters. We can't stop climate disasters. We have to go around and service the needs of people who are experiencing disasters while they're happening, and we have to plan for those when they're not happening. Yeah, you know, plan like, for the disaster and plan to be happy during the and disaster. And be happy as if it's not an aberration, because it's not an aberration. It's going to keep happening. Make sure you wear your sequence for the end of the world. <laughs> it's Good. not the end of the world, though. A few people will die during these disasters and already have, but the point is it's not the end of the world. It's just another phase. It's just another phase. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another phase, and it's going to cause some towns to completely disappear and all the people in them to die, but yet there will still be all the other people inland who are still alive, and they still will have towns, and they'll build new towns. They'll build whole new towns in other places in the world where they have to completely shut down towns in cities that no longer can exist because of climate change, because of sea level rise or other things that occur with the climate or forest fires. But then they have to build a new town in a new place where there isn't a town and a whole new group of people will live there and it'll be normal to them. Just normal life. Yeah, when does the normal become it's, normal? It, it's normal. It's normal now. This is normal. This is normal. Absolutely. Disasters are normal. They are. They're completely normal. We haven't lived in them, but if you look back through history, the people were living in disasters their whole lives and thought it was normal. But we just got this little reprieve for a while where there weren't very many things going wrong, where there were hardly any floods, where there were hardly any... Um, the reprieve from apocalypse. They're not apocalypse. The reprieve from... From... Uh, from not dancing on your toes. Yeah, I mean, you can make music and write songs and paint beautiful pictures while disasters are happening. And okay. if anything, your art will be more inspired, it'll be more urgent, it'll be filled with feelings because when you've got disasters or you've been evacuated from your house and things, more of your connectedness with life kicks in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you can make better music and better paintings and you can love people more. I mean, when do people love each other the most? It's when they've been through something. Like when the country went through 9-11, um, actually the people came together and everybody was being kind to everybody mm -hmm. and were just sharing in our sorrow over what had occurred on 9-11 because that was something we had never experienced before. Yeah, I had thought that this was all going to bring everybody together again. Oh, COVID? Yeah, I, th I thought that we were all going to join hands around the world, like an alien invasion. I thought I was kind of waiting for aliens to attack to unify the world, and I thought that this virus would do it, but not quite. It actually divided people, but then it did bring some other people together. We're on our, on our training day, and we have a couple more steps. Okay. I, I like that we've had this oh, discussion. Oh, I love it. It's so fun. Oh, my it God. It's good. We need to get you signed up and checking out some books. Absolutely. Hopefully getting some, uh, uh, some works of Einstein. What other books did you find that you were... 
feeling today? Oh, well, I got a couple of the ones from the um, from the free. I'm just curious about free, your, your subjects that you. Well, one of the you. one of the things I love to read is some of the Greek uh, philosophers. Oh yeah, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus. Um, wow. I also love Pascal and um, Spinoza. Those Spinoza. Are, those are some philosophers that I have studied and just read and really enjoyed in the past. I don't know these guys. Well, they're great. That's the. That's. The, I'm going to look into this. These are just some ancient philosophers, some very ancient, and some that might have been like in the late 1800s or even in the early. 19, like 1901 or something. There, were, there was three there. Spinoza. Spinoza. S-P-I-N-O-Z-A. And Pascal. Pascal. And Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. 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 I fell asleep the other night with pastels all over my fingers. And then the next day I was standing in the ocean and it was, I would call it Epictetus as the whole ocean swirled in the same colors about that I'd fallen asleep <laughs> on my fingers. Oh, that sounds it. like a good dream. It was, I acknowledge, I sat and meditated in a cave and tried to connect with myself in a thousand years ago. I was like, this cave has probably been here for a thousand years and somebody else well, must I have sat here has and been moved here. through and your moved through is, that. Your spirit is a thousand years old. Your soul, your spirit inside you, you're connected. That's why I liked the, you know, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, the things they wrote were thousands of years ago, but yet I feel like there's a connection there. I was digging that. I was like, okay, if I'm piecing together a manual for pumping my heart full of open emotions and feelings, I have the list of jazz musicians. And then this <laughs> list of the philosophers is the ones where you take it. Well, I the, just want to warn you thinking, when the list and then of combine jazz, those two. The only thing I want to warn you about the, the list of jazz musicians is that, well, you can check you know, go through the CD or whatever, or go through your um, your MP3 of each cut from their album, and yeah. just do the ones that that reach you, that okay. speak to you. If it if you if it starts out and it's not speaking to you, just click to the next cut to find the. Why is this important? Well, it's because you just don't want to be lost in tedium or agony. Well, because you want to find something that you dig, that you that you groove on. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. that is putting you how you want to feel. Okay. And okay. if you're listening to, say, a Wayne Shorter um, album and, and a song comes on and you're like, this, I don't like this, click to the next one and see if you like the next one. And the yeah. next one, if you don't like any of them, you want to generate then, that feeling. Yeah, you if you don't like make yourself you know, And if you alive. go through the whole Wayne Shorter thing and none of them turn you on, then you don't like <laughs> Wayne Shorter. Just because I do. Not for me. Not yeah, for me, you know. For me, I will go through and I will click on something. It's like I don't like that song, but then I get to the next one. I'm like, yeah, this is my thing. Yeah, the like way the notes you are. Like kind of yeah, the notes you. and the sound tonalities and the way the drum beat sounds and the bass and all, and it's just perfect for me. So I want that particular song on that CD. I that makes me happy. Yeah. So you want to yeah. click through to find who or what. You know, which musicians, and then of those musicians, which songs by that musician make you feel good? This is my last question. Okay. It might be a cliffhanger. How do you normalize having a soul? 
How do you normalize feeling your soul? Thank you. How do you normalize feeling your soul? I can't even answer that. How do you normalize not feeling your soul? If I don't feel my soul, I feel like I'm not even human if I'm not in touch with my soul. My soul is, is, is always beautiful and always free. And my soul can withstand things that other parts of me just cower behind. So my soul can be happy in a disaster. Whereas my brain is like, oh, oh, oh my God, it's a disaster, I'm fucked. But my soul goes, hey, I'm evacuating. Let's evacuate, baby. Get your shit and get, get out of this fucking cab. Because <laughs> yeah. we're going to go stay in a motel and watch uh -huh. some good cable uh -huh. streaming. You know, I mean, Put some high heel boots my soul, on your soul is never scared of anything. Someone dies and your soul is like, well, people die. You know, and your brain is like, oh my God, my friend died. I can't ever be happy again. And your, soul, your soul, soul is not scared because you've soul, lived for a thousand years and it's been to this so cave free before. Is, is, um, covered my in soul is impervious colors. to harm. My soul can't be harmed. My boyfriend left me. My house burnt down. My, um, you know, the country has COVID. There's a creep in the office of presidency. My soul is not hurt or in, in, impacted by any of those things where my brain is completely boggled like oh this is so fucked I can't live like this and the soul is not impacted because it exists in a place that's not affected by these circumstances yeah I mean my soul is timeless it's impervious to any sort of pain you can cut it you can stop it you can throw it out you can fire it you can make it work at McDonald's you can do anything to my soul and my soul is still like this giant huge, wise, beautiful, interesting, happy thing. My soul can be happy in a graveyard looking at the most tragic, sad things that have ever occurred and my soul is still fine. I tried. I, I don't know how that is. It just is. It's, 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 it's just, um, it's just, it's just, uh, it doesn't have a brain. Brain, a brain makes everything difficult. A soul uh, doesn't yeah. have a brain. Yeah. It's like being almost like a dog or a cat. They don't get upset. I was looking at that dog. That dog came up on the <laughs> that porch. That was a cute dog. Dog, the, her, the master was like, she wants to read? Or you had suggested maybe oh, the yeah. dog wants to read. Oh, yeah, I suggested the dog wants to read. Yeah, I'm just... I was feeling that. <laughs> somehow that connects with just the soul not having a brain or... Maybe it did or maybe it didn't. So much of talking to you feels like I just went through a, a set of you on the stage there playing these playing these country songs. Like a lot of these, country, I really, I there was a couple of the uh, like three or four of this that kind of downtrodden things are hitting. They're coming from the left side, right side, and then yet there's this kind of badassery that's piercing through it, and it's just like. Coming through with wise, a, a lyrical set. Oh, well, kids, that line. I, I'm not thing. able to play country My music anymore. I've tried. It just doesn't work. But looking at the most you know, tragic, sad I'm just not able things to play that have ever occurred, and my it soul is still hit you in your in your soul. And no, it just it. doesn't. How that it doesn't appeal to me. I think because it, everything's been so it's politicized. Just, um, 
um, with styles just, uh, of music. It doesn't have a brain in a way. Brain, it seems just so narrow. And I guess I define it by the pop brain. country, which is yeah. being it's made like, now, and like it being really cat. cheesy yeah. and really um, a lot of cliches and stuff, stuff. Yeah, it's not the rich part of the human experience. It's like the. I mean, I love like the me some, I love part. Merle Haggard. You know, if you want to get into country, I mean, yeah. if you if jazz doesn't talk to you, country, some great country would be Merle Haggard or even Way, maybe Waylon Jennings. Um, I like Waylon. Yeah, you know, there's some country that I mean, I used to sing Merle Haggard songs, even though he's a man and I'm a woman. I, I still sang a lot of his songs because because they connected they were good. with your heart yeah. and they had soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember the other people that I liked, but there's some good, uh, what I guess they would call hardcore country or traditional country, something like that. You have any idea where your fringe uh, went to? On my, on my outfit? Yeah, the, like the, the fringe outfits that I gave in all LA. those things away. I, gen- I donated them all to a, a charity shop. Yeah, somewhere down south. I, I don't even know when I released all that stuff. Over the yeah. years, I've donated almost all of my material belongings to, I mean, my furniture, my dishes, my knickknacks, my clothes, my jewelry. I've donated almost everything uh, and become minimalist. Awesome. So I don't lug around the past with me in terms of items that I possess. They're not, I don't have any of that stuff, hardly. I do have a few snapshots of times of my life, and I cherish those. Yeah. Yeah. 